0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: welcome in to cover it with teddy covers here on sirius xm channel 159 the sports grid radio network we have a loaded show for you, I'm telling you. First time guest on this show, I'm going to bring in a Vegas veteran, an Ivy League grad who spent his career trying to beat sports here in Las Vegas. Really interested in talking with Andy Isco at Vegas Andy 711 We'll have extended time with Mr. Isco today. I'll even tell some stories about when me and Andy used to work at the Stardust Line back in the old days. So... Should be an entertaining hour. We're going to break down both NFL playoff games. Obviously, we're going to talk a little NBA if we have time at the end. But Andy Isco, some stories from the old days and some football breakdowns, the primary focus of today's show as well. Some NBA discussion. We'll see how long Andy talks. Sometimes he gets a little windy. (laughs) So uh, depending on how long he talks, we'll be able to get more or less NBA into the mix. I did something rare this week that I don't do very often, but once in a while as a better, you need to do it. I lost every play I put out on Sunday. I lost every play I put out on Monday. I lost everything I bet on Tuesday. You know what I did Wednesday? (laughs) Yeah, I took the day off. I took a mental health day. You know, January, much of January was not very good for my bankroll, not good for myself, not good for my clients. When you go cold, or when you go hot, it takes three things to go cold. One, you gotta be a little bit out of rhythm. (laughs) Two, you gotta lose more than your fair share of coin flip games. And three, when you go really cold, you're not even winning the games where you're supposed to win, where you have a 20 point lead in the fourth quarter. You're not winning the coin flips. You're not winning your right sides. And you're certainly having more than your fair share of wrong sides. That was the case for me. Look, most of January has been a struggle. It has not been a great month for me betting-wise. It has not been a great month for my clients by any stretch of the imagination. So what do you do? All right, I've been in this business 25 years. I can't pick my nose. You know, talk about pick a winner. I couldn't pick anything right for days. So what do you do? I'm sitting there looking at Wednesday's card, and I'm making my short list. I'm like, yeah, I got these four NBA plays. I got these eight college plays. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write these plays down. (laughs) I'm not going to pick between them, and I'm going to go take a day off. When you're not seeing things clearly, when the pressure of this is getting to you, when you're pressing a little bit. I put out two college basketball plays on Tuesday night, I'm telling you. Like, when I'm in good rhythm, both of those hit the cutting room floor without any question. But when you're a little bit out of sync and a little bit out of rhythm and you're not seeing things right, boom. You end up putting them out and they were both dead by halftime. Maybe you get a run in the second half. Maybe you don't. No, it didn't happen. Um, When you're seeing things clearer, when you're not pressing, these type of losses, they will still happen but they're not gonna pile up on each other. So Wednesday, I get up, I make my short list, and I'm like, I can't make heads or tails of this. I'm going through all the local papers, and I'm like, I can't make heads or, you know, I, I don't have my normal level of confidence. When I'm going through my games, and I'm seeing things clearly, yeah, this is a good play, oh, did a little work on this game, no, maybe not so much. So here's a situation where I feel like my head isn't right haven't won a game in three days. What do you do? You take a mental health day, all right? <laughs> when you're struggling, when you're losing, when you're pressing, when you're not seeing things clearly, don't keep trying to do the same thing again and again. Even if you're a pro. Again, I've been doing this a long time. Sometimes you're just out of sync, out of focus, and of course, when you're losing more than your fair share of coin flip games, that gets really frustrating. You know, you can't win any of the coin flip games. When you're losing the games, yeah. Oh, I got a 20 point lead. Oh, I'm up nine with two minutes to play. You know, like uh, uh, who was it? The T-Wolves in Portland uh, earlier in the week. You know, oh, they're up nine with two to play. We're good. No, no, we're not good. They're gonna win by two at the buzzer, uh, and you're laying two and a half or three in that ball game. You know, those get real frustrating. And when you find that you're letting the frustration carry over to the next day, letting your handicap, for handicapping frustration and, and affecting your your handicapping ability, you gotta take a day off. You have to take some time for your own mental health, so that you don't press. So that you come back the next day and you feel refreshed. You feel ready. And that's exactly what I did. One you know, I mean, my. My thing to do is I like to go for a walk in the sun. And living in Vegas, there's lots of great parks. You can get up in the mountains, and I went for a nice walk on Wednesday afternoon for a couple hours. Burned a little bit of energy, got some sunshine, felt better. Sat down, worked Thursday's card, went two and zero on Thursday. Found a real good bet. Won a couple of. Uh, won a close game, which hasn't happened <laughs> very much of late. And you just feel better. You're a human being again, instead of being a grumpy little. You know, you don't want to be kicking the dog. You don't want to beat up your kid. You don't want to yell at your wife. You have to find ways to relax. And when you're losing, when you're struggling, you have to do it more than any other time. Look, when you're running good, when you're winning all the coin flips, when you're winning the games that you're down 20 in the fourth, you know, that's when you get red hot. You know, you got it more right size than wrong you got the lucky games coming through and you're getting uh, some really bad beats on the other side. That's a great feeling when it's going the other way. Tap the brakes, take a rest, come back and look at it fresh. Cover It continues after this.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And I've been doing this show a little over a year now. I uh, started at the beginning of January uh, of 2021. And I was going through, I, I keep a list of all the guests that I have I've had on the show. Guys I want to re-ask on, guys that maybe I wouldn't want to have back on again necessarily. And I'm going through the list and I'm like, I've never had Andy Isco on this show. And Andy is a guy who's been, he was... In Vegas when I got here, alright, he's a guy who is as friendly a human being as you can find. If you don't like Andy Isco, you don't like anybody. And I'm like, this is a great week to bring Mr. Isco on to the show at Vegas Andy 711 on Twitter. Andy Isco, welcome to Cover It With Teddy Covers.
2: Well, thank you, Teddy. And, you know, I, I was thinking maybe the only better week might have been the baseball all-star week because that week nothing's really happening. But that's not true anymore <laughs> with international soccer and all the international sports that we can wager on now uh, throughout the country. Even the baseball all-star week has become a busy time of the year. There's there's, there's never any slow period anymore, and I kind of like that. Yeah, although i got to say, You know, having the day before and the
1: day after the MLB All-Star Game to just do nothing, you know? It used to be nice. Uh, A little bit of rest in the middle of the summer is something we all need. Uh, Andy, I want to start with your superhero origin story. You're a guy, you're an Ivy League graduate, and yet you were in business in New Orleans, and yet somehow you end up in Vegas as a sports
2: better. Uh, What's your superhero origin story? How'd you get here? Well, actually, it wasn't New Orleans, it was Arkansas, it was Little Rock. Uh, New Orleans, uh, I enjoyed many visits there, a couple of Super Bowls, a couple of Final Fours, and uh, a couple of other events that uh, uh, were enjoyable, but I'm originally from New York. My background, uh, as, as you mentioned, I did go to uh, Penn, went to a Wharton, uh, the Wharton uh, Business School, so my background is in business, uh, my initial start, and I've been a sports fan all my life, so uh, I uh, have always been following sports, and they're talking about about uh, uh, you know left side, right side brain, I've always been more of an analytical person, so I was always into numbers. So my initial career path in the corporate world uh, took me uh, into the, uh, the accounting profession, specifically taxation, specifically insurance company taxation. And so that's when I was in the corporate world. Uh, I started out in New York, went up to Rhode Island, went to Little Rock. And throughout this period of time, I was always uh, following sports, uh, keeping track of things, and started to publish uh, a football news newsletter back in the uh, early nineteen eighties Published some books. Uh, remember, this is now well before the start of the internet and the information age. In fact, cable TV was barely starting in the early 1980s. And I published uh, a series of books to help those who handicap and bet uh, uh, the NFL called the Point Spread Encyclopedia, which had a lot of detailed statistical information, a lot of information about uh, how teams did uh, specifically and as a league in certain situations, after certain uh, occurrences, etc., achieving certain scheduling situations, etc. Etc., and it attracted the notice. Uh, the notice from the um, Gamblers Book Club here in Las Vegas, and so I started to provide uh, that as uh, a means of uh, getting the information out there. Was invited to speak at several seminars. Decided that Las Vegas was the place I wanted to be. So back in the uh, spring of 1991, I made the decision to uh, just pick up and move uh, from Little Rock to uh, Las Vegas, and I've uh, uh, been here uh, ever since. And uh, I've been been handicapped been betting been publishing uh, been doing radio writing uh, articles etc at various points and times over what uh, I can't believe it's now but basically almost 32 years since I've been out here
1: yeah and of course uh, to the best of my knowledge you've never gone back to accounting for insurance companies when you talk about you know one profession that sounds really interesting and one that sounds really boring
2: uh, you pick the interesting one Andy I'll give you credit. Uh, for I, that. I, think, I think most people would agree that uh, this certainly is the more interesting one. It's the, well, the, the other thing is working for yourself, handicapping and betting. Uh, you know, you're responsible only to yourself. So I like to be able to control my own uh, destiny uh, as opposed to creating the success for other people. Although you do that when you become, for example, a public or professional handicapper. But uh, the work, uh, the effort that you put in when you make winning selections, winning bets, you get to enjoy the rewards as opposed to working for a big corporation where you're just one cog in a wheel. When you're in business for yourself, as you know, you are the wheel. You're all the cogs, and your success or failure leads to, uh, to, to how well you're able to, uh, uh, to perform in your profession. And I've, I've never felt like it's been a job. It's always been a passion, and I think that's the one word that frequently comes up in discussions with people, that you do something because you have a passion for it, and you're thinking about it a lot more than you are if you're in, like, say, a nine-to-five. Job. Sure, but I got to ask you, Andy, because
1: you're someone, you know, again, you go to Penn, you go to Wharton, you get a job uh, in the insurance slash accounting slash actuarial field, and then you tell your family, oh, by the way, I'm moving to Vegas to bet on sports. You tell your boss, oh, by the way, I'm quitting this job to move to Vegas to bet on sports. How did people react?
2: Well, uh, my family, really, actually, I've, I've never been married, and as far as I know, no kids, so it was basically just convincing myself. Now, I did tell my parents, who were basically saying, you know, go for it. Uh, you know, take take the chance. You've been working at it a while. Uh, when I was t- told colleagues, for example, at uh, the, uh, the, the the location, the, the office location in Little Rock and all that, they were a little surprised, but uh, not totally surprised because they knew that I was always reading about sports, talking about sports to the people that I w- would frequent and be around whose company was in, so it was a uh, well. I'll, I'll throw it in there. It was a logical next step for me to go from Little Rock to uh, uh, to Las Vegas and uh, you know set things up here. And uh, I've have never yet, uh, never once regretted the the uh, decision.
1: Yeah, I, I probably regretted my decision to move out here once or twice, but in general, uh, I'm pretty happy with the move as well. Now, Andy. You and I crossed paths first uh, when we did a radio show together at the Stardust, the legendary Stardust uh, Race and Sports Stardust Casino here uh, in Las Vegas before the implosion. And the radio show was called the Stardust Line and it really was the first national show that talked about sports betting um, that you could get outside of Las Vegas. You and I used to do the Stardust Line every Saturday night for a good couple of years um talk about the stardust line for a minute and what you know how you got that gig what it was like and if there are any nights that stood out to you I'm going to talk about the UNLE Wisconsin game night because that's a fun one to talk about but uh, any nights of the Stardust line again that's and that show of all the shows that we ever did all the radio shows over here, That was the only show I've ever done with 40 minutes of radio without a break in between. Just a station ID at the top of the hour. That's a long segment for those of you out there in listener land.
2: Yeah, it, I remember uh, the, the, the genesis of the uh, starters. Like guys that you probably have had on, like Dave Koken, who have been out here longer than I have been, uh, remember it better than I do because they were here at the very beginning. There was a show that uh, Lee Pete, who a lot, who started a lot of us uh, in the sports uh, talk, uh, of handicapping betting industry, uh, was one of the original people. Roxy Roxborough was a host for a number of years. Jim Brown was a, was a guest in the early years on the show after he had already obviously retired because the NFL was not too keen on uh, having anyone affiliated with it talking about gambling, but it was a show that it wasn't quite national, but because the the signal was on a station was a 50,000-watt signal, and the show was on from 10 to midnight, it had a lot of widespread uh, reception uh, abilities up and down the West Coast, I think, all the way out to uh, maybe the Rocky Mountains, and depending upon uh, the night, uh, could be heard even at uh, points east, but uh, it was always an enjoyable uh, show that I was listening to for many, many years, not just when I moved out here, but before I moved out here, I was aware of the show and when I would visit some friends in California, I'd always make it a point to listen to the show. Uh, You and I and several others did the Saturday Night Show, uh, which uh, recapped college and uh, sort of Sort of gave our forecast for the following uh, day's NFL schedule, and then there was a Sunday night show uh, that uh, reviewed the NFL, but also had the early lines for the following week in both the colleges and the pros. So it was, as you say, back then it was basically the only show, at least the only one I'm aware of. And we've had uh, some fun. I remember uh, I'd always give my prediction on the uh, on the final score for each game, and that sort of became like a regular feature to wrap up uh, the way we picked uh, all the games for the following Sunday.
1: Yeah, we've got so much more with Andy Isco coming up. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Stardust. We're going to break down both NFL championship games. And if we have time at the end, I'll get some NBA thoughts. Cover It continues after this
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds, predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge? then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: there's nothing like being informed with all the odds, analysis and best bets all day long how do you get that? it's real simple Follow us on Twitter, at SportsGrid, and at SportsGridTV. You can follow me on Twitter, at Teddy underscore Covers. I'm just shot of 50,000 followers. I really want to get to that 50,000. You know, like 49s and change. It's like, you want to get to that 50K mark. So, uh, if you're thinking about following me, this is a good week, at Teddy underscore Covers. And, of course, you can follow our guest today, Andy Isco, at Vegas Andy 711 on Twitter again, Vegas Andy 711. And you and I were talking about, you know, and I like on this show, there's so much analysis on this station. <laughs> I mean, every game gets broken down and at this time of the year, when there's only a few football games left, they're broken down night and day. I don't mind taking a few minutes to talk about some stories from back in the day. in my mind, I, not in my mind. I know our audience appreciates this. They like to hear back in the day stories from Las Vegas. So we're talking about the Stardust line and some of the b- b- memories that I have from doing that. The one that I remember—I remember for the rest of my life—was the night that the UNL, of the UNLV Wisconsin game, um, because that was a, it. Was scary in there for a couple of minutes. You know, uh, this is what happened. Wisconsin traveled to UNLV, and they came with about 50,000 fans, all clad in red, and it felt like every one of them was staying at the Stardust, and there wasn't a single bet anywhere in town on UNLV. It was all Wisconsin money, and that line, I don't even remember how long that got bet up. It got bet up like four or five points, all Badgers money, all week long, and it played out. UNLV got killed. Wisconsin dominated the game, ran the football down their throats, UNLV was non-competitive, and with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, outside of Sam Boyd Stadium, somebody ran into a power post and knocked the power out in parts of Henderson, and that included Sam Boyd Stadium. The game was called after 54 minutes, and if it doesn't get to 55 minutes, Counts as a push. None of the Wisconsin bettors got paid. Everyone's just getting their money back. And when you were in the sports book that night with a bunch of drunk Wisconsin fans that didn't understand the rules and saw the final score posted, even though it didn't get to 55 minutes, it felt like there was going to be a riot that night. And do you remember that? Uh, Talk about that night.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, I remember hearing about it uh, first uh, with some people talking about uh, what had happened. We didn't know the specifics of it, but although it became very clear, the line closed at five and a half with uh, Wisconsin favored. I believe the score was 27-7 at the time, and nobody really knew anything about the rules at the time, although to be fair, the rules were always posted in the sportsbook as to what happened, and there's the rule that says clearly in order for there to be a better decision uh, to occur, the game has to go at least uh, 55 minutes, so five minutes left. And, of course, you mentioned that there's a little bit uh, about six minutes remaining. So that rule certainly came into uh, into a, 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 a... into effect. Uh, back then, we didn't have as much in the way of uh, conspiracy theories that we have that seem to proliferate the airwaves in all aspects of our lives today, but there were a lot of very angry Wisconsin people <laughs> who felt that the power outage was caused deliberately, and more and more people started thinking, oh, oh the sportsbooks had to have something to do with it. Uh, ultimately, we found out it took, uh, I think it finally took after the, it took, uh, after the weekend when the Wisconsin folks, uh, many of whom were very angry and upset, put you know, didn't know the rules, had left town that they finally realized what indeed had happened, that it was, uh, let's call it an honest accident, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, but it's something that uh, has come up very, very infrequently. Uh, we've had situations, you know, in other, uh, more recently, where you'd have games that uh, have to be finished or completed on the date that they originally scheduled. And there were some games that had like four or five hour weather delays and finished on, let's say, early Sunday morning games that may have started around 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time and things like that. Where these rules don't come into effect very often we had one in fact uh, uh situation this past uh Thursday night uh, one of the colors sure. past- games. I believe it was Delaware and Townsend. They were early in the second half, and uh, the game was suspended because of, I guess, there was unsafe uh, floor conditions. It'll be resumed at some point, but there's a situation that uh, results in no action. Now, people are a little bit more understanding about that because you still had 16, 17 minutes to play. But when you're talking about a game where uh, one team is leading by 20 points and there's basically six minutes to go, that one's a little bit more to accept that, gee, we shouldn't be paid, even though, as I stated before, it's clearly in the room. But that doesn't necessarily well, mean that it makes people happy
1: or understanding. Sure, and of course, let's not forget when you're talking about uh, the eleven o'clock on a Saturday night in Las Vegas, off a of, you know it's a late game. You know, by the time everyone got in the books, it was 10, 30, 11 o'clock, uh, and you're not necessarily talking about the most sober people, <laughs> uh, to put it mildly. Uh, and when you get a, a bunch of red-clad, angry, drunk guys in a sports book and the final score is showing on the board but they're not paying any of the tickets yeah uh, it was a funky night the I other night it, i
2: well, do remember oh. them banging on our studio windows yes yes they were mad at that's us <laughs> giving us uh, uh well it wasn't the big foam rubber finger but it was a finger nonetheless figuring we had something to do with it yeah so the other one that stands
1: out to me out of all the nights at the stardust was the night that jim seagrave who was uh, the gm came down to tell us that they were going to implode the place and that they were going to build the brand new echelon place and boy is this casino going to wow everyone and i remember looking at you and looking at seat and looking at gene seat williams was uh, another guy that did the show with us gene harvey was on the controls and we're looking at each other like you guys are morons <laughs> you know stardust it didn't it had a good location. But it didn't cost a lot to operate, they would renovated it, it was the kind of place that people would come to because of the name and they're like, no, 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 there's all these other brand new casinos being built on the strip, we have to build one too. And I remember you and I looking at each other, Andy, going this is not a good decision. Of course, what happened? The Stardust got imploded, Echelon started, the financial crisis hit and there's been a giant hole in the ground basically ever since.
2: Yeah, I think that's where I was at. Resorts World just uh, opened finally. Uh, it was 2006, I believe, that the, uh, uh, the Stardust uh, ceased operations. And I remember thinking, and this, of course, was right before the, uh, uh, the financial crisis, but even back then we said, what are they doing? This is a cash cow. People are coming in year-round, and especially to visit the sportsbook. I think the sportsbook, uh, maybe one or two of the restaurants, which a lot of us have enjoyed, but basically the sportsbook was the attraction that made the Stardust not just nationally famous but internationally famous. I mean they got as many folks from all different parts of the world as they did from uh, from the United States
1: yeah no doubt Andy so uh, good times from the dust but obviously uh, it imploded in 2006 it's 2022 now let's talk some NFL playoffs and we'll start I mean I want to give your uh, get your quick thoughts on the playoffs so far it was all chalk and under and wildcard weekend. And then last weekend, it was a favorites weekend, uh, unders on Saturday, overs on Sunday. Just a quick recap. What do you say? Uh, any impressions that you've gotten through the first two weekends of NFL playoff action?
2: Well, well, clearly the performance of underdogs in Week 1 followed by the performance of, or I'm sorry, the favorites in Week 1 followed by the performance of underdogs on the uh, divisional weekend, somewhat of surprising that there would be not just extreme results but opposite uh, extreme results, uh, favorites v. underdogs. Uh, but then again, if you go back and you consider the entirety of the NFL regular season, maybe it's not all that surprising because I'm thinking back to the season, and really, uh, who's the team to beat this year for the Super Bowl? It would change, basically. Every two or three weeks, depending upon who was hot at the time, and then you take a look at at the end of the season. You know the the best teams in the league had only four, lo- had, or should I say, not only had four, had four losses. And we're even though with the extra game, we're still used to at least one or two teams finishing something like uh, uh, you know 14 and two. I think Kansas City was 14 and two last year. Green Bay 13 and three. How much that extra game impacted it, but there was really no outstanding team uh, throughout. Uh, the wild card weekend was. Uh, uh, Somewhat uh, disappointing to those of us who uh, like to play underdogs, and of course they came back in week two. Uh, But the the, the divisional weekend, but I was I was not as satisfied with week two. I mean, honestly, I thought the two games on Saturday, the uh, Titans-Bengals game, and the Packers-49ers game they were pretty boring games for the most part, notwithstanding the fact that they came down to the final kick. The Rams game did the same, and that was basically a boring game. Not a boring game, but a sloppy game based upon the turnovers made by the Rams that enabled the Bay to come back from that 27-3 uh, disappointment. But finally we got what will turn out to be not just the game of this playoffs, but maybe uh, I have it in one of the top five games of all time because of just the way it unfolded, the way it, the, the excellence of the play, and of course the drama in the fourth quarter uh, that uh, we were Provided with uh, from uh, Buffalo and Kansas City, and of course, uh, I, along with many others, uh, started to make noise this week. That once again, for the playoffs, they really want to, they really should consider the uh, NFL changing the rules so that at least, at the very least, both teams have an offensive possession. It's almost like in the NHL in the playoffs, you don't go to the shootout, you play until you determine a winner. And I think that that's the uh, position that uh, the NFL needs to really consider. But, you know, then again, people have short memories. They, you know, thought they were going to do something after we. Had that uh, uh, controversial situation, you know, with the pass interference call with the uh, uh, the Rams and Saints a few years ago, and they tried something; it didn't seem to work. So NFL slowly, slow to react to. I think that a lot of changes that a people want and b people can defend. So
1: uh, Andy, I gotta apologize to the audience right now, and, and it's funny. So I sent Isco a, a list of what is it, a dozen questions, and Andy's like, we're not getting through all these. I'll put the over/under at five and a half. Well, we're at three right now. We've gone through two segments so we're clearly not going to get to the nba discussion but we're going to break down chiefs bengals we're going to break down rams 49ers after this brief commercial message cover continues stay tuned right here on SiriusXM xm channel 159 the sports grid radio network
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: welcome back cover it with teddy covers here on SiriusXM, xm channel 159 and my guest Andy Esco at Vegas Andy seven one one on Twitter. Andy, we have two playoff games to break down. We have lines and totals for all four potential Super Bowl matchups to discuss. Discuss, and I want to get a free play from you before we're through with this show. So let's get right into it. We'll start with the first game: Bengals and the Chiefs. Lines been bouncing seven slash seven and a half. The seven and a half's starting to pop up. Total, 54.5. Break it down for me. Bengals, Chiefs, side, total, props. What are you looking at in this one?
2: well of the uh, two games this weekend the two best quarterbacks remaining in the in the playoffs are in this game and it's quite a gap between uh, Mahomes, Mubarro versus Garoppolo and uh, and Stafford and these teams played late in the season there was something on the line for both teams Cincinnati uh, not just looking to uh, perhaps win the uh, AFC north as they ultimately did but also just to be in position to turn a wild card if they didn't win the division and of course the 49ers really needing to win out to have a chance at the playoffs they were we're not going to win the division. I think uh, uh, that had already been determined by the time these teams met. And it was a game that uh, Kansas City controlled early. Cincinnati rallied and ultimately won on a last-second field goal, 34-31. And I don't expect it to be all that much difference insofar as the points that are scored uh, in this game because I think both offenses uh, are amongst the best in the league. They both have some outstanding um, uh, Pass uh, catch uh, combinations with wide receivers and then tight ends, certainly in the case of, uh, of Kelsey and, and quarterback. And then both teams, Cincinnati with mixing a decent running game, Kansas City with uh, their complement of running backs, a slightly better running game, and both defenses good but not outstanding. Kansas City's defense has improved over the second half of the season. Uh, the key to this game will be: Will Kansas City be able to get the defensive pressure on Joe, on Joe Burrow who got sacked? those nine times in that uh, game against Tennessee I' uh, Spagnola the defensive coordinator has been around a long time I think that they're going to have something in mind to get pressure to burrow so he may not have the same kind of success certainly not have the same amount of time uh, to complete the passes that he normally has been able to complete but there's no quarterback hotter uh, than uh, uh, than burrow right now as far as the numbers that he's put up I think I don't know that's going to match the entertainment value that we have had uh, with Buffalo and Kansas City, but I do think it's going to be a very entertaining, uh, high-scoring game. I do like the experience edge that uh, uh, Kansas City has with Mahomes. Of course, uh, Chiefs have been motivated all season to get back to the Super Bowl and erase memories of that ugly performance they had in losing 31-9 to Tampa Bay last year as defending Super Bowl champions were the uh, were the Chiefs, but then again, remember at the end of last year, Mahomes was battling some injuries, the offensive line was, uh, uh, was short of couple of guys, that's not the case this year. So I think we see the Kansas City performance that we've grown accustomed to over the past few years, and where they were struggling to cover spreads at the end of last season, uh, Kansas City's, what, they've won 11 out of 12 straight up, and they've covered most of those games, especially over the last six, seven weeks. So uh, right now, uh, I like Kansas City in the game. Certainly don't want to lay any more than seven in that game, and even though the total, which I thought opened low at 50 and a half, 51, as long as it's stays uh below fifty five. I prefer to see it at a solid fifty four as we get closer to kickoff. I'm still compelled to be to play the over. So this is my square play of the week. Favorite and over. <laughs> Chiefs and over. Now uh Cincinnati
1: here in the postseason, eight field goals, three touchdowns. And obviously against Kansas City, you're likely to take a more aggressive approach and maybe go for it on fourth down the, the Bengals were a good fourth down offense throughout the course of the regular season, and Zach Taylor certainly a head coach who doesn't shy about going for it on fourth downs. Is there a huge coaching mismatch in this game between Andy Reid and Zach Taylor, or is the fact that Andy Reid has lost so many conference championship games at home uh, make it less of a coaching mismatch?
2: you know, I don't know that I can adequately say whether it's a coaching mismatch or not. My first impression is no. You mentioned that, yeah, Andy Reid's lost number of uh, playoff games. Uh, he's also won quite a bit. He's also been in quite a number of games, dating back to his days uh, with, uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think he's become a very good uh, coach as far as having his team prepared, his game, in-game management, clock management, decision-making, maybe somewhat questionable. We don't really know that much about Zach Taylor because he's so... So, such a brief career, but what we've seen so far, he's done an outstanding job. I don't know any, any other coaches or many other coaches that come close to doing what he's done. Now, Clearly he's got a great deal of, of offensive talent uh, or, that he's been able to utilize and utilize very well. I, you know, this is kind of one of those games that you know, I, I wish that they were playing in separate championship g- games or that one of them had been eliminated because these are two teams that I like to be on uh, throughout the latter part of the season. Uh, I can understand Understand people who want to take the points with Cincinnati. I can understand if people think Cincinnati is going to win the game because they've certainly shown capable. They have not. Joe Burrow has shown a great deal of confidence. The team is confident but not cocky. But I wonder if the inexperience that they have going up a Kansas City team that expected to be here looking to erase what happened last year, if that might not be the decisive factor. But I don't give I don't give either team a coaching advantage because I credit the fact that Andy Reid's had such a long. career and the fact that Jack Taylor's been able to do so much in a very brief time.
1: Yeah, and of course, in the history of the NFL, only three teams have been able to make three consecutive Super Bowls or more Kansas City, trying to be the fourth if they can get the win on Sunday. Rams and the 49ers. L.A., minus 3.5. Total's been bet down to 45.5. I thought we'd see San Francisco money, and it hasn't showed. The way that I thought that it would certainly, the Niners have dominated the series, winning the last six. But they're here. I would say, in spite of themselves, <laughs> uh, I'll try to blow the lead at uh, Dallas. Didn't do anything offensively against Green Bay, and yet found ways to win both games. Jimmy G, as a playoff underdog, as an underdog in general, making everybody money. How do you break down the Rams and? The 49ers, with Jimmy G clearly of the four QBs still standing, Garoppolo ranks fourth and is not very close.
2: Yeah, well, you could also say uh, the Rams are in this game despite uh, uh, what they tried to do in giving it away last week. I mean, you're up 27-3. You should be cruising to a victory, and uh, things just didn't go very well for them. They had a lot of, what, the four fumbles that they lost and uh, allowed Tampa Bay, with their experience, uh, well, basically guys like... Brady and Gronk. I mean, remember, uh, Tampa Bay had a long history of absence before uh, last year when Brady and Gronk uh, basically joined the team and made the, made the offense function. Uh, to me, the key in this game is that the Ram- for the Rams to win this game, they're going to have to establish that they can run the football against the 49ers. The Rams have not done very well uh, running the ball all year. Of course, San Francisco, especially once they made the decision to have Devo Sam- Samuels, uh, play in the backfield more than just line up at wide receiver, a decision that maybe surprised some but was the right decision because you usually don't make those kind of significant decisions in midseason. But uh, uh, clearly, they uh, uh, will have some challenges in trying to slow down Samuel. At the same time, uh, he'll have to find out a way to run the football against the uh, 49ers. Uh, you mentioned the fact that they've won six in a row, have the 49ers over the Rams. Both coaches became coaches for the first time when they took over their current positions, and they both happened in 2017 they split the I'm sorry the, uh, the uh, they split the first games that they played another in 2017 in 2018 Garoppolo got injured and missed most of the season including both games against the Rams and of course that was the season that the Rams made it to the uh, Super Bowl and then the following three years San Francisco's won uh, all six games a couple of them I think were without Garoppolo but uh, th- it signifies to me that Shanahan uh, has figured something out as far as being able to neutralize uh, what is considered the strength of the, uh, uh, of the Rams uh, and that is uh, their defense While at the, and, and I think because I consider the 49ers to have a better balance uh, on offense uh, than the Rams because of the Rams inability to run the football that it's going to be more difficult for the Rams to establish some continuity against the 49ers than uh, vice versa and the most disturbing part about the, for the Rams is that 17-0 lead that they had in the final game of the season, the game that both teams needed to win 49ers needed a little help and they got it from the uh, uh, in, in the uh, in the Saints game but the 49 but the Rams needed help uh, for their cause to get the uh, division title in the uh, NFC West which they got when when Arizona uh, lost so I think the uh, I guess one of the ways I phrase it is I would feel more comfortable betting on the 49ers and them losing than I would be betting on the Rams to Win and the Rams losing because in the first case the 49ers have demonstrated over the past three seasons they're the better football team. Whereas at the same time, if you're betting on the Rams and uh, they, because of the difficulty they've had and the Rams lose, you you say to yourself, well, why did I try to go against what seemed to be the better team at least in head-to-head matchups over the last few years? So I can I can accept losing with the 49ers because they are the underdog, getting points against the team that they've been able to play so well against, including that come from behind, win down 17-0, you know, at the end of the season, than in trying to make a case for, gee, maybe it's due. Maybe the Rams are finally due. Well, they were due the last three, four times they met, and they weren't able to come through. So uh, when I look at, the, when I combine that with the fundamentals that I believe favor the 49ers, uh, you know, Stafford's inexperienced, uh, but uh, he, you know, in the playoffs, although, look, he's won the two games here. The last one wasn't, uh, you know, all that pretty with all those fumbles and the way the second half unfolded, but still, uh, and 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 Garoppolo, of course, had that Super Bowl uh, experience from a couple of years ago. Uh, I still consider San Francisco the better balanced football team, and uh, wouldn't again wouldn't be surprised by the upset. And again, the points don't come into play very often in the postseason, especially in conference championship games. And so, if I'm betting on San Francisco, not only did I take the three and a half, I'll also be uh, playing it on the money line. I just want to see what the best price I'll be able to uh, uh, to get because I agree. I think this line may go down to three. So. uh, before kickoff, I want to uh, get the highest money line I possibly can.
1: So Andy Isco says take a look at Kansas City and the over in the first game. He says take a look at San Francisco, even on the money line in the second game. Potential Super Bowl matchups real quick. Chiefs two and a half, fifty-four and a half against the Rams. Chiefs minus three, 49 and a half against the Niners. Rams minus three and a half, fifty-one and a half against the Bengals. 49ers minus two and a half, 46 and a half against the Bengals. These are numbers from the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas as potential look-aheads. Any one of those stand out to you as being mispriced in any way?
2: I, I think the Chiefs have to be at least a field goal over the Rams in their third straight uh, Super Bowl. Now, ov- obviously, we don't know how the championship games are going to play out, but assuming that uh, there's nothing terribly unusual or terribly one-sided, uh, that one, I think the Chiefs will be uh, uh, favored uh, by a little bit more than two and a half, maybe three, and maybe even go up a bit. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if money comes in on the Bengals if they are facing the Rams. I think I would prefer that side. Chiefs 49ers is a little bit more complex if that line stays at three. I think that's a good number because a lot of people will still be backing the Chiefs, but also a lot of people will be backing the 49ers uh, in their revenge situation from the game uh, two years ago when the 49ers led in the fourth quarter and Mahomes. Uh, made that uh, comeback. That comeback was so great that uh, I think the Westgate uh, put up uh, how many uh, Super Bowls will Mahomes win over the next 10 years? I uh, forget what the over-under was. 49ers-Bengals, well, the franchise will be looking for the, uh, uh, for the uh, uh, revenge angle with uh, the Bengals having lost two Super Bowls to the 49ers back in the 1980s. I think that would be the most intriguing matchup as far as setting the line goes, Bengals-49ers.
1: You can find Andy Isco at VegasAndy711 on Twitter. His website, TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk to you again another time. I really appreciate all of your insight today. Cover It continues after this
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com network
1: we're here in the home stretch of Covered with teddy covers listen If you miss any portion of today's show, if you want to go back and listen to it in podcast form, just search Cover It with Teddy Covers, all major podcast outlets. Uh, You want to find some stuff in the archives? You want to listen to a show that I did last year? You want to hear my Super Bowl preview show from uh, 2021? Just go to uh, Simplecast.com. Again, search for Cover It with Teddy Covers, and every show that I've ever done is archived there. So, If you like this type of stuff, if you want more of it, if you want to listen to it again, if you missed any part of it, very easy to consume this in podcast form. Cover it with Teddy Covers. So Andy Isco is on the show. He's making a case for Cincinnati and Cincinnati. uh, Sorry, making a case for Kansas City at minus 7. I'm going to make the case for Cincinnati at plus 7.5. And this is where... It's of such great benefit to the better to have not one account, not two accounts, as many accounts as you can get. There are sevens for KC, widely available right now. There are seven and a halves for Cincinnati, Cincinnati, widely available right now. If you're betting at one book, your choice is whatever their line is. If you take your deposit for one book and you split it into two books, or you split it into four books, guess what? Now you have four different options, and three of them may be at minus seven, and one of them may be at minus seven and a half. And if you like Cincinnati, that's the one that I would take. Look, I'll give KC all the credit in the world. I understand their pedigree. I understand what they did last week. But Cincinnati's not going to start fighting. (laughs) All right. The back door is open. Casey doesn't have a defense uh, that I trust to shut down anybody with a good passing game right now. And this feels to me like the type of game that's decided by a single possession. Yeah, I'll take Cincy plus the 7.5. Not the other way around. That's going to wrap it for Cover It With Teddy Covers. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. We'll do it again next week. Enjoy the games and good luck.